laws in the Bible are very important. As Deuteronomy says, what other nation is so great is to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today. Now, as we'll see, <coughs> there are many parallels in other nations to these laws, although they're also distinctive in some ways. Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Well, do you meditate on God's laws all day long? Sometimes we don't pay too much attention to them. But there are many things we can learn from them. First, I want to compare Israel's laws with those of her neighbors. Uh, when I was doing this, and what I have my students often do, is I have them look at the Code of Hammurabi or Mishnuna or other, other ancient legal collections and find parallels, find things that are similar. What you find is that there are common legal categories. There were certain kinds of issues that ancient law codes had to deal with. And yet there were some differences in ethics. And we will, we will see these. Um, this, this may get a little tedious as I'm doing some of the laws. Feel free to fast forward if you want, just so long as you come back to us when we get to the, the meat of it. But some of the laws are hard to parallel. The Ten Commandments have no exact parallel. The closest parallels you have in the Egyptian negative confessions, which aren't exactly laws, but they say things like, you know, I never committed adultery. But they also have some other interesting claims like, I have never eaten human dung. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, another difference, however, that we have in other ancient Near Eastern legal collections or, or northern uh, African legal collections Mediterranean legal collections, the difference of social rank. All the other legal collections we have were class-based in terms of penalties. You would get harsher penalties if you were of a lower social station. Israel is the only known ancient Near Eastern legal collection that refuses to take class into account, um, with the exception we're about to mention. There are some parallels like ear treatment for slaves, uh, both have debt slavery, and both allow you to redeem property. Slaves' children may get the inheritance of the slaveholder under some circumstances. The practice of dowry and other marital arrangements appears in both. Intention, just like in modern law, intention mattered in ancient law as well. There were penalties for striking parents. Actually, the penalty is harsher in Exodus than it is in the Code of Hammurabi. In the Code of Hammurabi, they cut off the child's hand. In Exodus, the person's put to death. Penalties for kidnapping, which actually was used for slave trading. It was, the, it was how you got slaves other than, than prisoners of war. Uh, the penalty for slave trading, both in Hammurabi and in the Old Testament, is death. Compensation for injuries cost. You have, you have uh, similar rules in both. Laws economically valued free persons more than slaves. Now, this is the one distinction in social class you do find in both. We'll talk more about that later. Penalties for accidentally killing a fetus you have in both. If the wife also dies uh, from the injury that was caused, then there is a higher penalty for that. You have what has been called the lex talionis, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's not just in the Bible. That also appears in some other ancient Near Eastern legal collections, especially in the Code of Hammurabi. However, in the Code of Hammurabi, you get punished less if the person whose eye you knock out is of lower social rank, and so on. 
There were laws concerning the injuries of slaves, although there's some differences here. In the case of the law of Hammurabi, the, slave, the slaveholder is the one who gets compensated for a slave's injury, whereas in Exodus, the slave is the one who gets compensated for the injury. There were limits to liability in both. So again, many of the foundations of modern legal issues go back a long way, including into the ancient Near East and ancient Mediterranean world. Severe penalties for negligence regarding one's bull or a wall collapsing and so on. The legal liability was greater for a free person uh, and there were penalties for negligence when a slave was killed. Uh, and other penalties for negligence, penalties when ox gores an ox, you have those in both legal collections. Property ownership you have in both, although it's more presupposed in, in Exodus. It was permissible to kill thieves uh, under certain circumstances, if it was during night, because they'd assume you were home and they were prepared to use lethal force, so you were defending your life. Restitution, which is a good concept, and we have that both in Exodus and in Eshnunna, another ancient Near Eastern legal collection. Restitution twofold for certain kinds of penalties. Well, you have that in Exodus, you have it in Hammurabi. Laws concerning deposits, which again we still have today, um, and a number of laws concerning that. Uh, losing hired or borrowed animals was an issue. Death for sorcery, you find in, in both. Um, all cultures were officially opposed to bribery and unjust judges, although apparently it happened pretty often. Um, there's one story of a, of a ruler who found a, a judge who had been unjust and was continuously unjust in taking bribes. So he, this is not in Israel, but he flayed the judge alive and then draped his skin over the judge's chair. And when the judge's son, who was his successor, sat there, he had good reason to remember why he should not take bribes. Um, some Israelite laws instead of being so parallel to contemporary customs, they opposed contemporary customs. For example, in Exodus 22, anyone who has sexual, an uh, sexual relations with an animal is to be put to death. Well, the Canaanite god Baal reportedly, according to the Canaanites, turned into a, a bull so he could impregnate a goddess who had turned into a cow. Some people think that Canaanites practiced ritual bestiality, although that's a matter of debate. Uh, polytheism is an obvious example where Israel disagreed with the surrounding nations. Also, God prohibited divination, which was widespread throughout the ancient Near East. Um, for instance, the Mesopotamian Baru diviners would slice open an animal, uh, check its liver to see if there was anything unusual about it. Romans studied the flight of birds, and so on. Uh, we, we also have uh, rules in, in many of the other um, parts of the Old Testament besides Exodus uh, in Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Leviticus 18, we have incest prohibitions. Now, pretty much you have those in all cultures. Uh, almost all cultures have incest prohibitions for obvious reasons, although they vary in scope from one culture to another. Uh, but again, we have incest prohibitions in ancient Near Eastern law. The ancient legal milieu establishes the issues that a law code must address, but the biblical answers may differ. Uh, for example, with the Jubilee, you don't have anything like, like Leviticus 25's Jubilee uh, for families being able to always have land. I mean, land was capital in that society. And in ancient Israel, they didn't want some monopolistic accumulation of capital to the extent that other people would become poor and have no opportunities. 
there had to be opportunities for everybody. Also, we note that there were contrasts among the commonalities. Israel's sacrifices included thank offerings, atonement and sin offerings, and so on. Well, Canaanites had all those kinds of offerings. But they also had offerings that were different. They had offerings to make it rain, uh, to, to make fertility. Whereas in the law of, of Israel, God said, you obey my commandments, you take care of the poor, and I'll give you rain. Ritual purity laws, what's clean and unclean. Well, the Hittites had these, but they also used them often um, as, as a form of magic to keep demons away. You don't have that in Israel's law. Um, we do know, I mean, the Bible does talk about demons later on, but you don't use magical rituals to keep them away. Food prohibitions, the kashrut, Leviticus 11. Well, lots of, lots of cultures had their own food customs that made them distinctive. Um, Egyptian priests, for example, avoided beef. Now, the point, though, God wanted Israel to be distinctive. He said, so you'll be holy, so you won't be like the nations. It was a way of keeping them separate. Of course, under the New Testament, God sends us out to the nations. Um, Deuteronomy's laws have about as many parallels as, as Exodus. False witnesses can be put to death. Um, there's corporate responsibility for bloodshed in society. If you, don't, if you can't find the person who did it, then the, the society itself offers a sacrifice. Um, rebellious sons. And Hammurabi, after the second warning, and in extreme cases, father may disinherit a son. In Deuteronomy, uh, the son can be put to death in extreme cases. Different views on cross-dressing. Deuteronomy, a woman must not wear man's clothing. Well, transvestitism was sometimes practiced in the ancient Near East, probably in magical ways, uh, dressing up captured men as women so they would lose their ability to fight, and so on. Death for adultery is found in both, although Hammurabi is a little bit more lenient in terms of sparing people sometimes. The death sentence for raping betrothed virgins you find in both. Uh, the economic character of marriage arrangements. Um, marriage was basically an agreement between families, an economic agreement between families. Uh, you have a contrast in Deuteronomy in terms of returning slaves to slaveholders. In Eshnunna, um, you're, you're not allowed to hold on to slaves uh, who escaped you. Uh, Hammurabi, you'll be put to death if you hold on to an escaped slave and, and don't return the slave to the master. In Deuteronomy, you're forbidden to return the slave to the master. Uh, something helpful there for the Underground Railroad and for, for fighting against slavery. Uh, laws on cult prostitutes also were quite different. Rules for divorce um, appear in both societies, although divorce is, is somewhat more strongly opposed in Ashnuna and elsewhere. Uh, familial responsibility is, is very different. Fathers shall not be put to death for the children in Deuteronomy or, or reverse. But in Hammurabi, if you kill another man's daughter, they kill your daughter. If a house collapses and kills the owner's son, the builder's son is executed. Very different in Deuteronomy. So we have a number of comparisons. We also have a number of contrasts.